0: Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. This is Feeney, and I'm driving as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders in churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. This is season four, where we're tackling all questions related to simple churches that can start among lost people for zero dollars. I really enjoyed the stories of churches and changed lives in this conversation with Marcel and Brody. They mentioned several tools that are common to the No Place Left network, For info about any of those, you can check out episodes from Season 1 of On The Road. Just look in your podcast app or go to ontheroad.link. That's ontheroad.link. All right, let's jump in. Uh, Would you guys each just want to give us kind of a minute or two intro of yourselves, who you are, where you are, and and what you're up to?
1: Yeah, my name is uh, Brody Haight, and I'm part of a ministry, along with Marcel Knott, called E3 Partners or E3 Canada, as we call it. Yeah, we're really involved in uh, equipping churches, evangelizing and establishing churches across our city and Canada. And we're seeing such exciting, amazing things right now in this season of life of what God is doing I can't wait to share some of the amazing stories that Marcel and I have seen together. <laughs> I get excited, actually, uh, for this call to share these with everyone.
2: Yeah, I echo that. I'm uh, Marcel Knott. Uh, I also work for E3 uh, ministry in Canada. Uh, I am second. And so I've been on this uh, ministry for a year now. Uh, you know, a husband, I have a family, got two kids, uh, teenagers. Uh, been part of uh, another ministry for 15 years named Youth for Christ. And the last year or so, I've been involved with E3 ministry. And yeah, we're seeing incredible things during COVID and, and God is on the move. So it's an exciting times, that's for sure.
0: Great. Yeah. Well, Brody, do you want to start just by telling us a little bit of uh, what you've seen in Ottawa, I think it was, and then we'll, we'll see where the questions take us from there.
1: Yeah. So we actually went on an RV trip to Ottawa a whole bunch of us. And it was amazing. But I just want to share like kind of the backstory of how that happened. But Marcel, uh, he leads a team of outreach uh, people in Hamilton. And they go out every week. And we went down there to partner with Marcel and some of his team members to share the gospel. And after when we were praying after the outreach, uh, maybe it was before actually, but we were praying and we all kind of had the same Burden uh, about this RV that we we should take an RV across Canada or Ontario, and so we thought, well, let's just pray and and see what happens. So we literally just sat together, we prayed, asked the Holy Spirit. We we both we all had the same vision, and then um, within three weeks to a month, uh, a gentleman gave from a, a local church in this area. Uh, he gave his vehicle, his brand new truck. He gave his <laughs> RV that was pretty brand new also. And he said the Holy spirit prompted him to do that. And all of the funds came in, uh, more than $5,000 for -hmm. us to go on this trip. So we're like, yes, this is going to be so fun. So, uh, how many was there? Five of us. Yeah. Yeah. Five of us. Uh, we all, we all packed up and we went across Ontario and we seen God do like, I don't know. it, It was really incredible. Wasn't it Marcel?
2: Yeah, for Sure. Yeah. I've seen a lot of miracles. Uh, People open to hear the gospel as we went. We had a few key point locations of churches that wanted to be equipped and trained with some of the tools that E3 offers. And so we did that, but we also really wanted to see where God would lead us outside of these cities. And so by Holy Spirit leading, uh, we just found so many people who are so ready to receive Jesus, but also be equipped. And so as we went and met uh different people in different cities, we um we were out there for two weeks. We were on the, on the tour for two weeks. And we actually ended in um, the final destination. The farthest out east was Ottawa. And the neat thing is that we already had in the past, in spring, two people from Ottawa, two guys who wanted us to do a church plant. They came our way to be trained with one of our team members, uh, Greg. He was also on the trip. And they got some of the tools, went back to Ottawa, and we met up with them. So a few months later, so in, in September. And so we we met them in Ottawa. We went to a guy's house who says, I want to start a church plant here. I'm just moved into the uh, the street and there's a park here. And I really feel God wants me to start a church. So we went in his house, we prayed with him. And they're like, okay, let's implement these tools. Let's just go out and, and see what God will do. And so that day in, uh, in that park, Dundurn Park in Ottawa, we went in the park and it was really full of a bunch of people that normally people with normal people think or despise the because they've been addictions of alcohol and drugs it's been just people in the park were just uh, it was just a kind of a, a messy situation but we just felt like no let's just pray over the park so we walked around around the park and we started praying that God's favor would happen here in that park and and so that day we started approaching people in the park and God did amazing miracles that day. Amazing. Yeah, go ahead, Brody. Share a little bit of that. Yeah,
1: we called that walk the Jericho walk. It it, it was amazing. Actually, we passed one couple, and she said, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> because as we prayed for the park, you could tell there was cha- there was changes happening in the park. Actually, people people were freaking out, like uh, like the spiritual realm, and people were yelling and screaming. Some mm-hmm. of the different people, so we just kept praying. Um, I noticed Marcel. He, he was over in one corner and he, he was speaking to a lady. Maybe it was be even before this, Marcel, but he was witnessing to her and she actually had a deaf ear. And uh, I was like, what's Marcel talking over there? So he's sharing the gospel. I go over and uh, he was like doing this with his finger. I'm like, what's he doing? So I went up and I said, oh, and I went, do you hear that? And I snapped my finger in her ear and she screamed. <laughs> I didn't even know Marcel was just praying healing. I I was just kind of just, what's he doing? And uh, her ear was healed, so that's kind of what started this this whole thing. It was just like the Book of Acts. Her ear gets healed, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" And she goes around and tells all of her friends, "She's my ear is healed. Jesus healed my ear." Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was like really really awesome. So all of these there were and there was more things that happened. God touched so many people. So yeah. we left. And Marcel, you can share, but what happened after that was just amazing.
2: Yeah. So the lady started sharing with all the friends who were hearing that Jesus healed her ears. You could hear again. And it's on video. We captured that even. And so what happened, this man, Matt, who was trying to do a church plant, he was with us. And he started getting their names like, hey, can I follow up with you? And this one lady gave her life to Christ. And so he's getting all these numbers and, and names on a sheet of paper. And. We kind of left, but he stuck around. And next day he went back to the park and there was 10 people waiting to see these people come back. And that day, the next day, 10 people gave, 11 people 11 people gave their lives mm-hmm. to Christ. And now today, and this is fast forward, but more and more people started getting added on to the numbers in that park. And so that summer or so late fall, they just started doing church in the park. They're starting to see more and more people come to hear the gospel, and I believe today is about 50 people now. It's a church of 50 people in the park meeting every week. Uh, Now with COVID restrictions and due to the winter situations in North America, it's very cold. So uh, they have found ways to meet indoors. So there's about five groups of 10 meeting indoors in people's Mm -hmm. homes still today. Mm-hmm. and It's ongoing, and it's incredible how God did performed a miracle or more miracles actually that day. But it had a chain effect, like a domino effect. People started to hear the good news of Jesus and and responded. So it's incredible. Yeah, I still remember clearly how. Yeah, she had shoulder pains so we prayed for her shoulder, and her shoulder got healed. And so, like, well, if God can heal your shoulder, can open your ear. <laughs> So that's how it all started with with you coming snapping like that, and then he's like, "Oh, it hurts."
1: <laughs> God used miracles a lot on this trip, and our faith—like we've seen so many miracles. Our faith got so high, and we've seen that God used the power of that so many times. Like right after that healing, we actually saw three ears healed—fully deaf ears. One guy was deaf longer than seven years or something. After this, anyways, I went. And uh, we went to a church to do a training. And uh, nobody showed up to our training. So we were like, what are we going to do? But God opened a door for me to actually share my testimony at Alcoholics Anonymous. And part of my story is I'm recovered from cocaine addiction. Yeah, yeah, there was a meeting in that church. So I, I got so excited because Alcoholics Anonymous was part of my part of my journey. And so, I got to share my testimony, but I shared the testimony of uh, the park in that God can heal. And we've been seeing him healing, like heal. And one guy in the crowd got really excited and he came up to me at the end. He said, My ear is deaf. And he said, Could you guys pray for me? And right away, we're like, Oh, his ear is going to get healed. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> so, we prayed and instantly he said, My ear is hissing. It's hissing. I've been completely he he was just blown away. He, he, he started to cry. He was like, it was so surreal. We're like, are you sure? Let me check that again. <laughs> but he started uh, again, it started, people started uh, hearing his testimony. We got to pray for others. We got to share the gospel with multiple people in in AA. So it was just such an awesome trip. And then to see the fruit of this church that is still operating was just like, what a highlight on top of it all, eh? What God was doing Marcel.
2: The neat thing is that we're bringing people from uh, from the church who have learned some of the tools, the gospel tools, the three circles, and, and and walk with them like a hand-holding kind of thing. Walk with them out there on the streets and, and see God move through them as well. And it's really exciting for me anyway, is mm-hmm. the people being equipped and take them out of the comfort zone. That's what really that holds us back. Mm -hmm. uh, It's it's the the fear of rejection, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, people step out and they see God move. They want just one more and they want to see the kingdom expand. And so, uh, yeah, the whole trip is about equipping, evangelizing and establishing. And so in the two weeks that we're out there, um, we have seen God move in a ways I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And and now seeing still a church going strong, it's really exciting. Mm
0: Help me as an uneducated American, how far of a journey is that? I'm just curious to place it in my mind. 500 miles, what's the what's the, the drive if you were to go there straight?
1: I think it was around eight hours or seven
0: hours. Okay. Somebody yeah. there that wanted some training was the original reason to go there. Yeah. And yeah. then God just showed up. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> and you, and what awesome. we noticed on that trip was uh, it, it was the, the purpose, right? It, we were going to follow... Uh, holy spirit follow the great commission uh, to be obedient to god and to go and just see god move mm-hmm. and uh, as we surrendered to him we clearly saw just the amazing uh just amazing things god did
2: and there was such a unit uni- uh, unity in our group yeah. too uh the one thing i loved about this trip was five men in a trailer but it was other than that it was just like there was unity like i just felt such a, a belonging to the group and we didn't have an argument whatsoever in two weeks. It was just perfect. We're on the same mission. And some yeah. of our different uh, giftings too, so sort the of fivefold. So we're, some were preachers, some were teachers, some were evangelists. And to really see, to to move in that way, everybody felt they had a place in a role and you know they can use their giftings. Uh, it really edified the whole trip. It really uh, helped a lot seeing people use the, the gifts that God gave them. So,
1: Yeah, uh, we thought that the more we hung out, Uh, The more uh, we could operate together, it's just even when we meet up now, it's just like a natural, it's like a natural thing when we're walking.
2: And that happened on that trip. And then also locally, things are happening because uh, people are hungry for simple tools. People are hungry for to be equipped and, and how to do it. And four years ago, I didn't even know well how to do this special street ministry or outside of my comfort zone. Like I've done ministry inside of a building, a youth center that I I run for for youth and build relationship with them. But it was never taught how to take it on the streets. And with uh, some learning and and training and equipping, um, it's been four years for me, just a a regular routine of going out um, locally and, and farther away, like on this trip. So I think last summer, too, we've seen God's favor because uh, we did uh, an event called a Kickstart. We just like, hey, we want to equip you. We want to start you up. And so we did a training, and uh, a few people got baptized that day, too, and totally radically changed. But there was a, a God favor on, the, uh, favor on the, new, the new believers, the people that came to faith. We took them out on the streets with, with us after the training, and they said God moved through them. And, and how to share the gospel. and now they're going so strong now, now they're like six months later into this this journey with God, but they are actually starting to uh, get groups out there in the harvest. So it's really a fast uh, a fast uh, um, journey seeing that at hand, seeing how people are getting excited for the gospel, getting radically changed by God and now have a passion for the lost because they came out of that, right? They came out of the brokenness, right? And and seeing God just move so strongly, and now uh, in this network uh, after that one kickstart, and we did another one this fall, we've seen now four or five home fellowship groups starting in different areas, and uh, mm-hmm. even uh, locally in my my area, Hamilton, we've seen uh, last two months three four young people, uh, young adults, come to faith and totally radically changed, and they're now part of my home group, my home mm-hmm. network church with my my other friends. And so, but we also go out together. So we do fellowship together. We break bread, the church circle, but also we we go out together. So it's it's like a movement that is like, it's like a family. Mm-hmm. We've really seen the unity through love for one another and family. Mm-hmm. And, and this family loves to spend time together, but also loves to share together. And so you're much stronger together. And we do send people out in two and threes and uh, so, like say, every Tuesday night. So we've been meeting meeting all winter long, outside in the cold, uh, bringing supplies to the homeless. That's essential. So we have carts uh, with uh, gloves and mittens and um, hats and and heat, heating pads like the heating wor- hand warmers, mm-hmm. and 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 food and some hot soup. And we just take uh, a group of uh, three or four with a cart. On the streets and we see them just doing the ministry handing out supplies but also hey how can we pray for you today how can we you know how can we uh, uh support you how can we connect with you how can we we sh-? stay share the gospel and now this group since september there was only six of us has grown to about 22 to 25 people every week mm-hmm. out there on the streets in the cold and exciting to see this network growing of people are hungry how to share how to do it but they can do it together as they learn to be unified and also to care for one another and to say, Hey, let me show you how to do it. And so it's simple tools, simple ways. And, uh, and sometimes it's, it's easier to go out with uh, a simple thing, like a supply of gloves or for the, for the homeless people, but you meet all sorts of people on the streets. Mm-hmm. and uh, It's been God's favor. Yeah. It's been very interesting to see how God is moving in. Once we step in obedience When we step out in obedience, God is already there to meet Mm -hmm. us. It's been exciting.
0: Yeah, that's not supposed to happen in the winter in Canada, guys. If we use the same excuse myself, I was like, well, we can't actually go out and meet anybody. It's too cold. That's our (laughs) excuse.
2: (laughs) My winters in the past haven't been like this winter. Mm -hmm. But I I really felt like, uh, yeah, the winter is bad in Canada. But there are still people out there on the streets. There's Mm. still people out there that, that they are scared to get into. They Don't want to go into shelters, they're too scared, or um, mm-hmm. maybe half capacity the shelters because that's all they can handle. Mm-hmm. And so, there's people laying on the streets with uh, my like five degrees Fahrenheit or, or colder mm-hmm. on the streets with a blanket, and it's brutal to see that. And now, these are people okay that God loves, that Jesus loves. And yes, we meet all sorts of people, but why not bring? Why not have the churches even collect blankets or the churches do, you know, we're connected to local church and they have also a lot to give. So why don't we collect all the stuff that God has provided and give it to the ones in need? And then with that comes a gospel message that comes. And and now we're still connected with a few local uh, people like on the streets. We even baptized two, three uh, homeless people, uh, two people on the streets. We actually brought a tank in a truck. And with hot water, and we, we baptize them even on the streets. So why not, right? Why not get creative?
1: Oh, you're getting me so excited, Marcel, because I, I, I just think like Hamilton, I'm not sure how many churches, but Kitchener, there's 300, 500, I don't know, there's a lot of churches. And I just wonder, every church being activated, every church uh, being equipped, every church doing evangelism, doing good works, uh, bringing the gospel out, uh, mm-hmm. how transformed our communities would be. Seeing a house church on every street across Canada.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's so exciting to do this work. So I wanted to ask about some of these house churches, just would you guys, we always want to hear about how they're growing both in maturity and health um, and or in, in numbers in their own fellowship or in reproducing others. So just whether that's by way of a story or maybe something else comes to mind as I ask that, but do you have anything to share about how some of those groups, excuse me, some of those churches are growing?
2: Yeah, I, I think they're growing in, first of all, the new believers. So the ones that I'm talking about right now are believers who just came to faith uh, in the summer, last summer, and a few of them this last October, November. They just came to faith, had a relative change with God. They got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they experienced something real. They experienced Jesus. And, and now it's like I find where the growth happens is, again, Talk about unity, fellowship, we meet weekly. Uh, we go through uh, the three-thirds together so looking back looking up and looking forward and 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 really focusing on on them and each other but also i find it's so important to take them out on on the streets why is that because they can see how god can use them how god can move through them and when they encounter something when they encounter uh, Holy Spirit uh, using them, Jesus using them. They have questions like, "Oh, this happened today on the streets. Like, well, how does that look in the Bible? How is that reflecting that?" And it's really cool because it's life experience. I think Jesus had a very much of an apprenticeship model, saying, "Hey, come follow me, come see, and then I will talk about what they're experiencing." And so, um, so going through some of those tools that we have, but really, I find the maturity growth is is them start to walking in their own Two feet, let's say, like they're growing up, and and they're going with me out weekly. So we have fellowship there. We encouraging one another. We seeing God move as we go out, and then we bring it back to home fellowship and go through some of the tools and the studies of the Word. And I, one story quickly is the, so Jessica is one of the uh, the newborn believers, and her father has cancer, and so. What happened, he recently passed away in December, I believe, yes. So she's going through a grieving time. Her dad was 54, dying of cancer. And so it's been so cool to see how the the, the body, the, the the home fellowship comes around her in support, in love, and care. And she even says so clearly, she even said it to me a week or so ago, she says, yeah, it wasn't for God in my life. I would not know what to do. I have such a peace, such a comfort. In, in the midst of my situation. And to see her faith growing and see how oh, she already, you know, it's been three months, right? But say, without God, I would not know what to do. But now I have so much hope. And she's there for her brother, who is not in, uh, in faith yet. He doesn't believe yet, her brother. Her sister uh, just came to faith, but is still struggling a little bit, just really understanding it all. But she now becomes a beacon of light to her family, to her mom, to her brother, to her sister. And uh, it's so encouraging already seeing her stepping up, saying, yeah, we need, I need Jesus in this time and I feel him, I, I can experience him. And so from that perspective, it's been only been a few months. It's really encouraging to see how God is moving and how more grounded they get.
1: I'm just thinking about like locally, what God has done in our region. I've been doing outreach for four or five years and When we started doing outreach in our community, like I was going to a church and I just felt like such a burden. I'm like, I got to get on the streets because like I came from uh, that kind of lifestyle and I started going out uh, with no equipping. I didn't know what I was doing. I just started listening to the voice of God, reading the Bible, uh, going to the street. And I'm a really outgoing person, but even going on the street when I had no clue what I was doing, it was so uncomfortable. I would go up to people. I'm like, what do I do now? What do I? (laughs) So I would, I I just started to share a little bit about God and pray for people. So I would do this every week. And I started to do uh, like Marcel, like we would, I would gather clothes and food and go out. And that was kind of like an entry point to share with people, meet a physical need. And then it was amazing because you guys are probably seeing it too and every city, because we believe God is really moving right now, is I just started seeing another person come out, which is my friend, Peter. And then I noticed Peter had a couple of friends he was with. And then eventually in the last four years, now there's like 15 of us. Um, so it just started growing and multiplying and God started calling different people. And then they would hear about us going on the street. And then we started some different groups And then we have groups where we pray for each other and we fellowship and we eat and we move around to different homes uh, to pray and gather and to share. Um, So we've just seen that kind of gradually increase. And a lot of the people actually were already believers looking to be equipped. So we have seen people from the harvest, but we're still praying that people will be raised up from the harvest, that churches would be planted. Um, but right now, what it what it seems like and maybe Marcel can echo this, that we're seeing a lot of people from churches that that want uh, to learn. Yeah. Um, you guys are seeing baptisms, but we we are seeing, I would say, more people wanting to be equipped.
2: A lot of people from the, the local legacy churches are uh, looking at our posts online on Facebook and things mm-hmm. like that and say, hey, what are you guys are doing is awesome. Like, can I come? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah on and so uh, last few, even the last few weeks people more and more people have been added to, to our numbers to meet it on the streets and, and 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 it's really exciting for me to show them teach them and then looking back like standing back a bit and see them do it mm-hmm. uh, and now they're actually taking ownership of like oh can I do this can I bring sandwiches can I can I get involved more and it it, it takes off and it's really uh uh, like this this week, this Thursday, my church allowing me to do the four one training in the in that church. And so and then next week they have the that training back to me. And then the week later we go on the streets and put into practice. More and more churches saying, Hey, we wanna mobilize and equip our church uh, mm-hmm. members. So uh so I think God is doing something for sure.
0: No, that's a great reminder. We wanna We want to raise up the body. That's my story where I wasn't owning my own ambassadorship, um, wasn't owning the Great Commission. So we want to give that. But then like you said, Brody, if we're not putting a dent in lostness, if we're not impacting lostness, then we've kind of missed the point. It's not only training believers. If we're not training believers to see lostness impacted, yeah, we're missing something there too. So
1: I just thought of an awesome uh, testimony of the house church that we were meeting in. Some of the things that I've noticed in the harvest that meeting people on the streets in different communities, it's relationship. So it takes a long time to come into somebody's life and gain relationship. And two of our team members actually met a friend of mine downtown. We became friends and uh, he was battling alcoholism and other things. And over a period of two to three years, they would meet with him. They would actually go to his house and he would feed them and they would do Bible studies. Uh, They would do three thirds. And they did this consistently for, I think it was a couple of years. They would even visit him when he was in jail during rough times. And they built a very strong friendship and relationship. And then he became friends with uh, a couple of us. Um, Eventually he actually uh, recovered and he had a house and he opened up his house to, he started a church called Freedom Church. And actually we would all meet there and we had some amazing times actually, he opened up his church uh, to the homeless. So people would come off the streets from all walks of life and lay on his sofa and he would feed them. So he would, he was a chef. So he would cook all this food and, and feed them. We would do Bible study. And sometimes we would, we would pray and worship for six, seven hours and we would do this every week. So we would do outreach And then we would go and have fellowship. And even some of Marcel's team members and different people Marcel knows actually from Quebec would travel down uh, to do fellowship with us. And they would come to get equipped and practice going in the harvest and sharing uh, their faith. So that church currently isn't going. My friend had an accident and he passed away, but it was just some amazing times just to see uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the lesson is that, it, it's relationship. It takes time in the harvest as we pray. And as we follow God and as we build relationship and as we put the time into people's lives, people can trust us because most people on the street, they, they, I know every ministry is different, but we work with a lot of vulnerable people. They've been hurt. They've been uh, sometimes manipulated trauma, uh, uh, jail institutions. So when we come along with a message, they don't uh, fully trust our message and they don't trust us with what we have to offer. They just think uh, religion right away when you approach them. They have a concept, and I know I did too Mm -hmm. uh, before I met Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to those religious people. (laughs) Or maybe they've been hurt by religion, right? Maybe they're already in a church. I see that all the time. Uh, People Mm -hmm. grew up in churches and they left, um, and they actually find more community with the community they're in in the street than
0: they ever did in a church. Mm -hmm. Which is too bad, yeah, as you guys have described, what the family of God could be, should be, yeah. um, and we haven't. We want all churches to be healthy, whether they're yes. in the building or not, so we want to continue to grow that. I'd be curious, I don't even know how to ask this, it's kind of what, in one of that first sections, but for either of you guys, does your story, um, you, you both hinted here and there about kind of your story before this, but how does your kind of journey play into this?
2: Yeah, for me it's been uh, interesting because I grew up uh, Dutch Reformed, I grew up okay. in the Netherlands, I uh, came here to Canada 20 years ago, and I grew up in the church, so I always believed. I always knew God and followed Him, but um, I was, I'm an introvert, so I never knew how to really talk to a stranger, or, and through use of Christ ministries, I've learned to build relationships with people and through a program, able to connect, And but <clears throat> I always questioned the, the life of the book of Acts. I always wanted to have this life that I see and I read in the book of Acts. And so it wasn't until someone took me by the hand. It wasn't until someone showed me how to, to step out, how to, to to walk with Jesus, how to even pray for people. It, it, I couldn't do it on my own. And sometimes in, in my own church, I had nobody in there that was an evangelist or did this on their own time. So And I was seeking for more. It wasn't that uh, I didn't know Jesus. I was seeking for how can I bring this message of the good news to the people I I, I would meet in the store or when you go to a coffee shop or wherever. And so it wasn't until I got some training from a ministry that uh, really helped me and equipped me. And, And I started to follow them and started to go out with them where I saw God just move. And I'm like, wow, so this is for today. Mm-hmm. And so that fear of man, uh, that started to fade away, the fear of rejection. And I think that is kind of the, the, the issue with most of us is that fear of rejection, fear of, you know, what people think of me. But once you start, let the Holy Spirit lead you and overtake you in such a way you're, you're my kid. You're my child. You know, I send you out like Luke 10 is a good model when Jesus sends them out. And then, yeah, you will have people that, you know, don't want to receive you. Just wipe the dust off your feet and keep going. That's the message Jesus had. And I believe that more and more when it's not about us, mm-hmm. but it's the Holy Spirit is leading us, then we should not get offended. We should not. It's not, I, I don't do it for myself. I do it for him. Mm-hmm. Once we start getting love for people, you have to love yourself first, actually for who you are. And then once I have a love for people overflowing, you can't stop. You can't stop seeing someone walking by in pain or someone who is hopeless and stop and, sh- and share your story. And my story was I was hopeless. I was broken. I was suicidal teenager. I was raised in the church. I had an abusive father who could not love me, who, who had who was broken himself, he had borderline personality disorder. And I was raised at the oldest of four boys. And I was broken. I didn't have no self-worth left to the point where at 17, 18 years old, I was ready to jump off on the train. A train was coming. I was standing there and I had a suicide note written at home, and, but Jesus spoke. There was a couple of words, spoke up, saying, I love you, and there was nobody there. And i like, okay, that's you, Jesus. You show yourself. So I got radically changed by Jesus' intervention of me jumping in front of that train. And so once I started experiencing this love that I had or that he had for me, I was able to love myself more because he's in me now. Mm. And so and with that love I start telling people, yeah, I was broken. I was <laughs> depressed. I was suicidal. But God has favor on me and God has favor on you. If he saves me, he will save you. And I have a message to say that God loves this world to send his own son. I believe that no matter what you've been through, no matter how broken you are, God can restore you right now. He can set you free, yeah. Set you free. And so that is in a nutshell my story how I loved God. He changed my life, but I still didn't have the tools how to bring it out in in, on the streets where I would meet random strangers. And I needed people to guide me on that. So
1: so my story, as I shared a little bit, uh, I come from uh, a lifestyle of addiction and uh, cocaine, kind of anything. I was into pretty hardcore partying. And uh, my story led to Marcel's too. I tried to commit suicide at the end of myself and I woke up in the in the hospital and, and decided at my rock bottom that I was going to make a change. And I decided to go to rehab and my spiritual journey. I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous, as I shared, and that program started my journey, believing in a higher power, which led me to Jesus. <laughs> so Alcoholics Anonymous, actually, the last step of AA is to basically give back what you've received so before I knew Jesus, I had a lot of practice giving out the message of AA, um, because I was I was on fire for AA. I guess I could say because it got me sober and I started to share. But the one thing I was missing, I, I at the end of uh, that journey, um, or at the while I recovered, I was missing still some piece in my heart. I thought like there has to be more. Like I I I was I, I was recovered. I regained my life, and but I was like I just still felt this kind of loneliness. And I couldn't really explain it. And I was seeking spiritual things. And my friend invited me to a church where I heard the gospel for the second time. The first time was in jail. I read it. But this time when I heard it, I thought, there has to be something to this. And uh, I got convicted of sin, the starting of getting convicted of sin. And I thought, well, I'm everything they're saying. Like (laughs) I did all the sins and I said, I need forgiveness. That's for sure. So I, I, I said, I'll give Jesus a chance. So I had them pray over me and I said, I'm going to read the Bible for myself. So I started to read it and I started to get convicted like more and more as the months went on, I'm like, why does this book convict me? Like it it just started to really like I I would wrestle through certain scriptures and my heart started to change and it became more and more real to me. And I was approached uh, by the director, uh, Jeremy Dorton of E3 Canada, and he asked me to go on a mission trip. And I thought, well, I guess this is kind of, I was already doing mission for AA in a sense. (laughs) So I thought, well, let's go see what this, what's a missionary? Like, what is it? I I have no clue what this is with Jesus. So I went uh, to Nicaragua and I went on a trip to see these uh, tools and I heard them. And this was like, it it was a way different language to me. So I learned the three circles, uh, the four fields, the the church circle, all of them. And then we went out and used them. And I didn't know how to share the gospel before. Like like I said, I would go out, I would do some good works. I would talk to people a bit about God and my experience, but I got to share the three circles and we could share it in the dirt. We could share it on a little piece of paper. And it was incredible. Like I saw, I think like, I don't know, I don't know the numbers of that trip, but it doesn't even matter. It was like 300 or something. People just confess Jesus as Lord. And It was amazing. And not only that, I saw like people healed every place I went to. And every, every time I would see this, I would just like, I would cry because I was like, wow, this is so real. I'm like, why? I'm not seeing this in Canada. I I, I felt like when I got saved, I was like, people thought I was the most crazy religious nut that they've ever seen. (laughs) And the funny thing is when I came back from learning those tools Then people really, I kind of stepped up a level because what happened was once I learned these tools and I encountered not only the tools on this trip, but I encountered the Holy Spirit through these tools, Um, I had an encounter uh, where basically God rocked me in Nicaragua. Like it, it like I think short term mission is amazing because it was like a launching board for me because the whole I I experienced like the power of God and Holy Spirit came on me and I I got transformed. Like before, I would still wrestle with addiction and things and and certain identity things, but after Nicaragua and the things I learned, I was totally set free. Like I came back on fire, like literally, like my hair was it it was just burning. (laughs) But I, I like I was working in the gym industry. I'm very passionate about fitness and health and in the gym industry I thought like well we we share the message of health but like I couldn't stop sharing the three circles so like you would come into my office and I'd be like hey I'm gonna give you a gym membership but I just started saying let me show you the three circles so I started sharing three circles and I just started I couldn't stop like I was really addicted to cocaine but I got really addicted to Jesus like we, we often joke around in the harvest and we we tell other dealers when they ask, like, oh, what are you guys up to? And we, we tell them that we're dealing like we, we're selling and they're like, what do you what do you got? And we tell them that <laughs> we're tell them that we're dealing the gospel. And then they're like, oh, no, I'm good. I don't want none of that. <laughs> I said, man, it's good news. Mm. But I, I couldn't physically like once I learned these tools, like Marcel said, like I couldn't stop. I became uh, so Uh, on fire for seeing people encounter God that I couldn't work at my job anymore. So learning and being equipped with these things radically changed my life. It till this day, that was three and a half years ago. Um, I just, I just couldn't stop. Like, so we started doing it day and night, we would wake up and when people would see me, they're like, you got to slow down. I'm like, I got to speed up. we got people, <laughs> we got people to share. So as the message uh, we use in no place left, we got to reach no place left. Right. It just put more fuel in, in, in my flame. Yeah. And in the three circles, like that tool alone is such an amazing, simple way to share about, Uh, the predicament we're in and how the Bible explains it. Um, And uh, we've seen so many people come to faith
0: through that tool. Oh man, that's great. I love hearing those stories. So I guess I would end by asking what's next for you guys and, and specifically what's next as much as you know, for these churches that we've talked about at different points.
2: Uh, What I would say is seeing the, the first generation of churches, home churches become healthy and strong. And we are going through that right now with some foundational teachings, and then so once they are getting more stronger in their faith and up, you know, and, and growing in who they are in Christ, yeah, they're already doing it. They're sharing it out there. But what I believe this year, twenty twenty one, is the year the harvest. I so strongly feel that in my heart. So I, 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 I feel that it's going to explode. So meaning, <laughs>
1: <laughs> me and you are just going to explode, Marcel. We're not yeah, even going to be so- here.
2: We better be ready for a second generation, but there has to be the first generation has to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you can't start a second generation. So that is kind of the focus right now is discipleship. And, uh, but I think it's going to speed up. That's for sure.
1: I think we're all learning so much right now too. Like I'm learning a lot from Marcel and seeing the things they're doing. I'm praying that I can spend more time with them. Just do it. Um, Yeah. We're all learning so much from each other Mm -hmm. because I always say, we don't really know what we're doing. We just know how to say yes to God and, and he teaches us, right? And equips us for what's to come in the future because it's like, we get to a place and then we have no clue. Like, we're like, what do we do now? Like things are happening so fast. I think the best place we can be is is like, as I say, is just keep surrendering and God is gonna teach all of us uh, for this huge harvest. Like people have said a lot of times a billion soul harvest, like, I I don't know about you but how are we gonna disciple a billion people? (laughs) I have no clue. It's a very exciting times. And that right now, because of COVID, we're flourishing. Like we have Jesus and we want to see others flourish in this time, right? We want to see others uh, on fire for Jesus during a time that looks so despairing. But when you're with God, it's not. You're in a good place when you have God, when you let, when you, when you let him
0: uh, take over your life. Like pretty early on in the full lockdown, being on a call. And I was like, I was just so appreciative of the, just the general vibe and culture of No Place Left is that, the conversation was still about advancing the kingdom. When every mm-hmm. other conversation I was hearing <laughs> across any stream was about hunkering down, like sustainability, and it was just like, yep. oh, yeah, exactly what you're saying. This this is the time to advance the kingdom, even if it's yes. different than we thought it was going to be. So, yeah.
1: It, there, there's always curveballs in life, right? We just got to be able to go with the life. I always say to people, it's always changing and, and we just have to go with the changes. Who knows what's next?
0: Guys, uh, this has been really great. Any other just kind of thoughts that you're really burdened to share something on your heart?
2: I, I think that people look at some of us saying, well, you got like super, super Christian, mm. or something we're not. Yeah. Uh, we're a be the first thing I've learned is to abide in Christ, really spend time with God, learn to listen to his voice, and it's not about you. <laughs> so that's the first thing. Humble <laughs> yourself as a servant, like Jesus was a servant. I can tell you that. And then second second or third step would be to anyone who out there who says, I want to learn. I want to go be obedient. Mm-hmm. Be obedient to Jesus. If he says, get on the water, get on the water, step out of the boat, and it's going to be scary. The waves are a little bit rocky and, and scary, but uh, Holy Spirit, Jesus is with you in the waves. And so, If this is COVID, a time of fear, the time of disunity, the time of not even sure what lays ahead, I can say you this. Jesus is on the throne. He knows what's ahead. He wants to say, this is the times where I want you to live out this life. I want you to shine your light. And it takes guts. (laughs) It takes time, but also it takes obedience. And so I can tell anyone, take a step like we've all done it. Take one step of obedience, one step forward, and God will meet you right there. He's already there. And mm-hmm. it's all—it's it, learning to be obedient to Jesus' commands. And uh, once you start doing that, the, the Holy Spirit and, and yeah. the kingdom of God is going to expand. It's going to show you where to go. It's exciting.
1: I've just come along with the same thing uh, that you said, Marcel, is uh, that this is for everyone. Like, God has a story for everyone. God has an adventure book for everyone. And I'm holding this book because this is something that I'm reading right now. It's called Chasing the Dragon. This is a story of a woman that said yes to the Holy Spirit, but she wasn't part of a mission board. She wasn't part of an organization or anything like that. And she kept going to people, but she knew God told her to go. And I believe all of us know that we should go. We feel it inside of us that uh, we want to share this good news. And a pastor told her, that, well, you should just get on a boat and that you should go. I'm not saying that everybody should get on a boat and go, but she actually was so obedient that she hopped on this boat with no money or anything and just went to Hong Kong. And she went to this place called the the Walled City, where it's basically like a, an abandoned place of gangs. And <laughs> she went in there and through her obedience she just saw so many people's lives transformed, people fully recovered from addiction and set free from heroin. And that was just from her one step of obedience. So God has like a story for everyone through their one step of obedience. That one yes could change millions of lives, like millions and millions of lives. Uh, So I just want to encourage people today that are listening to this podcast is just say yes. Just say yes to Jesus. He will lead you. He will even send the people uh, to go out with you. He has an an awesome adventure book for you.
0: If you have any comments or questions, head to ontheroad.link. That's ontheroad.link. Or you can call or text 321-209-3899. I posted a few links in the show notes. and You can find those at the same URL. This is Feeney. Thanks for listening. The On the Road podcast is to encourage you to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.